You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon. We're going to jump into a big recruiting podcast as LSU took down Florida in Tiger Stadium this weekend. What did the recruits think think of the atmosphere, the recruiting impact of Tiger Stadium? How did some official visitors take the weekend? And also, we'll tease a little bit of a huge Tiger wrap that just dropped on Go 24-7 a few moments ago. Shay, thanks for jumping on board the pod, man. What a busy recruiting weekend that was. Yeah, I mean, slammed. We're still dealing with it right now, obviously, but uh, when you get 100 kids to campus, 70-plus of which are committed already or have offers that they could commit on, uh, it's about as big as it gets. I mean, they won't have a more busy weekend than that all year, uh, all the way through signing day. So uh, getting a win uh, in Tiger Stadium at night was big. Getting a win over a top-10 uh, SEC opponent and rival was even bigger. Uh, and, yeah, we're seeing, even with – 20-something commits. We're seeing waves being made in this class right now for 2020 and certainly them laying the foundation for uh, moving forward uh, into the 2021 class and beyond. Yeah, and you, you hit the nail right on the head, I thought. And, and look, I think LSU, they had really a who's who of their recruiting targets on campus. I thought, I mean, to get guys like Philip Webb, Edrian Cooper, Jacoby and Guillory, plenty of others back on campus while having their two official visitors, Art Gilbert and Malcolm Green, in on campus for official visits was really well done in terms of planning for by the staff. And look, Tiger Stadium really took over. That was kind of the main takeaway I got from talking with the recruits after you know Saturday's game, just kind of hitting them up, getting their initial reaction. Most of them said, look, that was the most, you know, quote unquote, live, lit, whatever atmosphere they've been in. And it's really impressive when you see Tiger Stadium get put on display like that. 100% couldn't have said it better. I mean, that was to get our uh, to get a Reed Gilbert in, you know, a five-star number one tight end who uh, they really are selling on the idea of playing some receiver and being a big-bodied guy uh, who can be heavily involved in the passing game. Uh, and you know that you trail a team like Alabama for him who's been heavily involved. You want him there on a weekend like that. And, and the same goes for Malcolm Green out in Virginia. Um, comes in, doesn't know a ton about LSU beyond what uh, Bill Bush has told him during recruiting, and he gets to see it with his parents, um, you know, up close, see the new locker room, see football ops, get a tour of this, you know, the stadium, get to be in the stadium uh, for that, you know, big-time win, and it can completely shift the dynamic of of what a kid thinks of LSU and, and where the program's at. And because of that, he's sort of squarely in the mix, moving into, what, a back half where they only have a handful of spots and a few months left to go uh, until both signing days are done and they do want a safety. So we mentioned it in the wrap. They're down to Malcolm green. There's another player out there who they're really monitoring at the safety spot, but uh, they're in good position right now. It seems to, to sort of have their pick of which way they want to go. Yeah. You, you said it really well there. And, and look, I, I think, I mean, from your conversations with people, I think we both feel like, Art Gilbert is still somebody that I think Alabama has a really good edge for. And, and, but you brought him in and, and Art Gilbert got to see Thad Moss play really well. He got to see LSU use a tight end. And I think 
for them to have that visit go the way it did. I think it's a big positive. And, and look, they shot their shot with you know, the five-star tight end from Marietta, Georgia. And we'll see where the dust settles. But I think that's another example of really the night going as, as, well, as, as well as it could have and, and kind of that carried over into the rest of the weekend. Oh yeah, I mean, I look I look at the overall picture here, and and I don't think ultimately that they'll get Gilbert. I think he'll probably wind up at Bama, but uh, they've taken their swing at a lot of guys uh, in this cycle. Who even if they don't wind up there, getting them to campus, getting them on an official visit uh, is good because for every few guys you don't get, you're going to get a big fish, and uh, they've done that up to this point. And boy, the stadium was about as good as it can get for that sort of environment. And for me, it also, like I said, big picture wise all of your current commitments feel better about joining the class where they stand when they committed in the off season or they committed last year. And now right before they sign, they get to see at the midway point, you know, a six and LSU team ranked number two in the country. It can provide an environment like it did on Saturday night. Uh, and it continues to um, sort of be a, a big positive that uh, the national media, you know, is talking about LSU nonstop in a year where, uh, they knew that they had to go outside Louisiana to build a class. It obviously helps them out a ton that uh, they're playing well. But again, when uh, they can be at home far away from LSU and turn on the TV and LSU's front and center on uh, not just games, but on Sports Center or whatever they're watching, uh, that's a huge positive for them. And, and that's a big reason why uh, we haven't seen them really have any defections that they weren't kind of expecting. And, and instead, it's only allowed them to strengthen the class and, and move forward from there with Really, like I said, maybe four or five spots left, but uh, you've got 10 or 12 guys battling for it who are all ranked as top 150, 200 players. Yeah, and look, we we covered those two, uh, Art Gilbert and Malcolm Green, two out-of-state prospects, two other in-state prospects that were back on campus. And I thought really big deal that they were back in for this game was Edrin Cooper, the Covington linebacker and Oklahoma commit, and then Jacoby and Guillory, out of Alexandria, the big nose tackle that LSU's been on for quite some time. I think having those two back on campus for for this game was just kind of that next step for kind of strengthening where they're at in terms of, one, flipping Cooper from the Sooners, and then, two, bringing in Guillory and, and kind of asserting themselves, I think, as the leader heading into the, the, home, run, the, the home stretch of his recruitment before he signs in December. Yeah, look, I've felt the same way all along that you have in others with Guillory. I mean, it was an LSU-Bama. It is an LSU-Bama battle, but uh, for me, it's pretty evident that uh, him coming to every single game so far, him not making any visits up to Tuscaloosa yet, both official visits already in the books this offseason, that he's got a real close eye on LSU. We saw him hanging with Jaquel and Roy a lot at the game this weekend. Uh, it's evident to me that uh, that's where he's leaning. It's, I think that's where he's going to end up, and uh, I love, look at their middle linebacker class, Josh White and Antoine Sampa. And Sampa might be the more highly rated guy, uh, not by much, but um, more highly rated guy in the, in the different services. Uh, but I love Josh White, and I know you've seen him in person. He's a 100-plus tackle-a-year guy, can fly all over the field, uh, and you have to feel good about the depth they're building at middle linebacker. Then you toss in Cooper, who they, you know, we talk so often about senior seasons being important for evaluations, and Cooper is a great example of it. He was already committed to Oklahoma. He was banged up this summer, so he didn't camp at LSU. But they liked his film last year, and they said, hey, let us watch some games this year, and we'll revisit things. And they went out and watched, and watched him in person uh, during the bye week when he played T.J. Finley. 
they got a hold of his midseason film up to that point, uh, and it was a no-brainer offer for him. They said, you look, even though we've got nice middle linebacker depth, we can't not have an offer under the table, uh, on the table to a guy like this. And uh, now that puts him into play for you, uh, and we'll see how the numbers work out. We'll see what his Oklahoma commitment's all about. I think I'm not going to be surprised at all if he winds up in this class. And uh, again, that would give them another really talented linebacker and someone we've had as a four-star Billy Wright since the spring. But uh, I think even now after his midseason film, it's evident that he's probably even um, more talented than our ranking has him at. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and I saw him at the underclassmen combine and he didn't, he didn't really move that well in space, but he had had a, a, I guess, a big hip issue going on that he got corrected over the summer with some rehab. So he's playing really well as a senior. So really impressive senior year film. And, and look, with LSU losing Kendall McCallum, that was kind of one of those. Some of these uh, NCAA transfer portal additions from LSU, like Kendall McCallum, Keenan Jones, are surprising in a way with the way LSU's playing right now. I mean, these guys are kind of jumping ship, but LSU – lost Kendall McCallum, an inside linebacker they signed out of Alabama. It opens a spot on the roster, though, for Edger and Cooper and kind of an easier path to playing time. So I did think that the timing of all that, his visit coming back to LSU was, was very interesting. Another prospect that, that LSU, uh, two prospects on the basketball side that LSU had on campus for official visits that I'll plug right here was – Frank Anselm, the four-star big man out of California, and Jalen Cook, the point guard out of Walker, Louisiana. LSU had both on campus for official visits. Cook is LSU's point guard commit in the 2020 class, while Anselm's in the 2021 class. So if you want to hear from those guys, both went in-depth on their visits. Both talked about how the recruiting process is going. From Cook, Cook's perspective, who he's recruiting for the Tigers, and for Anselm, kind of how his process is going overall and what's next for him. Look, we've talked a little bit about some of the visitors on campus. On the flip side of this break, we're going to touch on where the recruiting class stands and what's next. A lot of notes to know from the Tiger Wrap that dropped on Go 24-7 on Wednesday afternoon as we're recording this. So we'll touch on that on the other side of this break from the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening to us. We mentioned it before, but Shea was grinding all morning on this Tiger Rap. A lot of tidbits uh, that he put together for a massive Tiger Rap on the 2020 class. And while Shea was grinding on that, just overall, we're 
we're grinding for you guys. We hope that you guys will leave us a rating and a review on this podcast. Let us know how we're doing and hit that subscribe button as well. Shay, people are going to want to subscribe to Go 24-7 based on this Tiger app, which they can for just a dollar for that first month. What were some of the key takeaways that you got talking with people around the country, around LSU, some of these recruitments that you kind of took away? I know Zach Evans, the five-star running back, wasn't in Baton Rouge this weekend, but I kind of think LSU's in a good spot there. Yeah, I mean, maybe, right? I mean, it's so tough to pin down what he's really thinking and doing because he says he's going to be places and doesn't show, or, or I guess I shouldn't even say that. People say he's going to be places and he doesn't show. Um, people say he's leaning to different schools or about to commit somewhere and he doesn't. Uh, so it's very evident that uh, he marches to the beat of his own drum. Um, we're not going to know where he's going to go to school until he uh, puts the pen to paper, you know, even up to his signing day announcement. I think we're going to hear mixed stuff. So, um, again, though, if we're just tracking what he does and not what he or everybody else is saying, He's visited LSU from ninth grade to now more than any other school. He's never missed a summer camp. He's been to a game every year, at least one. Um, he's made every junior day. So he's clearly got sincere interest. Now, um, I think that there was a wrench thrown in things when he wasn't playing some uh, at North Shore to start the season, and he was trying to lay low. And uh, we didn't know which teams were kind of really pushing uh, the hardest. But I think now that the dust is beginning to settle, it's pretty evident that uh, LSU is still a team that's left standing. They're a team, team that's recruiting him hard. They don't have a running back committed. And uh, look, in, in the Tiger Wrap, people go check it out. I mentioned a handful of running backs that could end up in this class. But uh, I still think that at the end of the day, you circle back to the, the number one running back in the country, which is Evans, uh, as someone who very clearly with his Auburn, this Auburn game coming up in Tiger Stadium, which is going to be his official visit, uh, that they're in the mix and, and they're right there to, to kind of make that big splash and impression and, and see what happens in December. Yeah. And, and who knows? I mean, maybe he takes it all the way to national sign day. I've kind of felt like that, but he's, he's certainly one of the more intriguing recruitments in the country as people kind of, like you said, navigate, how do you figure out where he might be leaning and, and look, we learned it better than ever last year with, with Ishmael Sopcher. When you track the visits, you get a lot better you know, picture with, with where these guys stand with with whatever school it is and and so i think you make a great point on evans i feel like lsu's i look if you're just guessing if you asked me to guess where he'd commit if he had to commit tomorrow i'd probably say it'd be lsu i think they hold a lot of momentum but you just never know and and i think lsu is the big thing that they can hang their hat on is uh, those visits and then i think they're the school that hasn't really ever gotten too high hasn't really ever gotten too low and they've just always been in there it's it's kind of been the unquestioned thing that lsu is going to be in there in the and they've had success at North Shore before with Eric Monroe and on Chasson. And, and so we'll, we'll kind of see how things play out there. I thought it was interesting, though, just how many running backs LSU is monitoring to finish out the class, which shows you just how big of a priority it is. Now, on the other side of things, on the defensive side, I think the most interesting position on that side of the ball now shaping up as we come down the stretch here in the 2020 class is the outside linebacker position and, and just how quickly it can kind of change. We mentioned Philip or, or Philip Webb was on campus, who's who's one of the top linebackers in the country. Took an official visit over the summer to LSU. They've had Donnell Harris on on campus, who's a newly reclassified 2020 defensive end. Something you don't really see too much in in football side of things. 
Antonio Doyle is a really impressive prospect who's now set an official visit. And then B.J. Ojolari, the Tennessee commit, is still out there. So, Shay, kind of makes sense of this outside linebacker board because entering the weekend before Webb showed up on campus, I would have told you it would probably be Donnell Harris, and that would probably be it uh, as, their, as their outside linebacker class. Yeah, it's been tough to figure out this outside linebacker board because it seems like every time we think that a guy might be leaning elsewhere, um, that he comes back into the fold. And, and right now, uh, Philip Webb's kind of that player. And, and Donnell Harris, when he reclassified, yeah, it became evident that LSU is very much in the mix. He made a visit. Um, he's now set to make another visit for the Auburn game. He's going to announce in November it's LSU or A&M. Uh, he hasn't been back to A&M yet. So it certainly seems that all signs are pointing there. But in comes B.J. Ojolari, who's going to visit for the Auburn game. Uh, and he's someone that they've really liked a lot at outside linebacker. And now Philip Webb, as I said, is back in the picture. Uh, and you remember when he came on an official visit in the summer, it was evident that, okay, LSU's probably in the driver's seat right now. He's about to announce his commitment during the summer. He wants to be done with it. Uh, and then he said, you know what? I'm going to pump the brakes. I'm going to take some visits in the, uh, the fall. I'm not going to announce yet. And all of a sudden, People talked about different teams, Auburn, Oklahoma, Clemson has an offer out, Oklahoma has an offer out. And you wondered where LSU really stood. And then he made it back in for the Florida game. Uh, and when you come on an unofficial visit for a game like that, uh, and it's your 18th birthday, and that's where you choose to spend it on a visit to LSU, uh, and you bring your family with you, it certainly speaks to a, a serious level of interest. And uh, LSU, look, you look at Dave Arandu, doesn't, um, you know, he's not as heavily involved in recruiting as some of your other coaches are. That's just kind of his nature of, of his job position and, and how they have organized the staff's recruiting uh, efforts. But he takes a handful of guys each class and usually linebackers and, and makes them sort of his personal mission. And Webb's been one of those guys. I mean, we look at the second that Aranda went on the road uh, to go recruit during the bye week, which he only did for a couple of days. The first stop he had was seeing Philip Webb. And uh, they've made him a massive priority. I think he and Aranda get along really well. They see things very similarly. So um, I'm almost in a position, and I said this in a wrap, where I'm starting to feel as good about Webb, if not better, uh, than I did on Donnell Harris. And, and really not for any real reason that Harris is going to go elsewhere, but uh, when you have a, a numbers crunch and, and you want to uh, finish with edge rushers, and even if there's multiple of them, and now you've got four or five guys back in the fray, uh, I think that Webb has sort of proven that um, he's kind of right there at, at the top of the list, if not at the very top, and uh, could be someone that um, kind of contributes early. And, and because of that, uh, they really want him. So it won't surprise me at all uh, if, you know, Webb ends up in the class. And, and that's a big reason I'm saying that uh, I'm inching closer towards feeling better about him maybe than any edge rusher out there. Yeah, and, and we've seen the web recruitment kind of go back and forth here a little bit, like you mentioned. And and I, we left June thinking, okay, LSU is going to, like, it should be now, you know, rather, it should be sooner rather than later that, that Philip Webb jumps on board. And then we saw Bama get some momentum. Auburn saw some co confidence go their way. It's just kind of been one of those recruitments that's kind of been a little up and down, but. I mean, in terms of talent, I mean, that that's the guy that has been, I feel like, a huge priority. And so for him, for them to just kind of stay patient and and really just hang in there throughout a recruitment that's seen some up and ups and downs. I mean, it just says a lot with the, the way that LSU is is recruiting and right now and building off of 
the momentum of this undefeated start. So, look, I, I think hats off to Dave Aranda and everything for getting them back into it. We'll see if they can finish their job and get them on board. But I think the, the four options they've really got right now at, at outside linebacker are really impressive in a, in a class that they need at least one and, and, and difference makers because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen with Caleb on Chasson after this year. And, and look, I mean, Marcel Brooks is, is really raw and athletic, and, but, but physically he's, he's going to need to pack on the weight. So, I mean, just that whole position – needs an influx of, of legit young talent. So good on them for, for prioritizing the right guys and certainly having them in the fold. But Shay, with that, we've covered a lot. You covered plenty more in the Tiger app on Go 24-7. You guys listening, definitely check it out. Worth the price of admission, just a dollar for that first month of Go 24-7. That'll, that'll carry you all the way through the Alabama game. So tons of VIP content, obviously, coming over the next month so believe me when i say jump on that offer shay uh any final thoughts really on on this class kind of moving moving forward as they get into the second half of this season yeah i mean it's an impressive class it's a no doubt you know top five class locked in uh and i'm really interested to see how it finishes because uh, as we noted and as you'll read in the wrap that if you've got four spots right now you may have five spots total and you've got 12 13 guys who are legitimate top 150 prospects that have serious interest and you know you've got to address a number of needs down the stretch uh it makes for sort of a really entertaining follow i think this this will probably be one of the more entertaining final two months up to december uh, that we've had since the early signing period started because they've never been in this sort of position before let's see how the season closes out but uh where they were trending nationally for so many different guys uh and still have some kids in state on the board whether it's guillory uh edrin cooper uh, I mentioned some other guys in the wrap that people can check out, but um, that balance there makes it to where me and you can come up right now with, you know, if you say there's five guys left that are going to be added to the class, we could come up with 20 scenarios of what it might look like. So if not more, um, and I think that's fun. That'll, that'll be fun to track because it's not a swing and a miss type thing that we're looking at here. It's more of how do you balance it and, and who jumps in first. No doubt. It's going to be fun to track. And even as the early signing day has, has become a thing now and, and, and a big part of the recruiting world, it, it, it's fun for us to, to have uncertainty in a way uh, down the stretch because, you know, there are options and, and, and it makes recruiting more fun that way. And, and look, I mean, as nice as it would be if LSU probably had a number one class locked up, 25 commits, all solid on board and signed early. That's not what this is about. It's about having a little bit of fun with this stuff, Jay. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, and people, uh, man, I, I wish I could go back right now, Billy, and do my post-signing day from last year when we do the, the predictions, when they had no commits, basically, or however, a few commits, of what the 2020 class to, would look like, because uh, I think I'd probably be wrong on, like, almost everybody, but for a good reason. It's because they've got a national brand rolling here and, uh, and have been able to put together a class probably that's a little bit better than you and I even thought it would be. Agreed. We'll have to dig those up, though, as we get closer and see, see, how, uh, see how bad they really were. But with that, guys, that's going to be for another day. We'll wrap this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast up. We'll have a preview of LSU Mississippi State later on in this week on the podcast as LSU takes on the Bulldogs in Starkville at 2.30 Central on CBS. So look for that later in the week. Shay, thanks for joining. Everybody else, have a great rest of the week. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. Drag queens save the world.
RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, new season now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.